137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, your guides to the unusual and the strange. And on episode 47, guys, we've got Ouija boards, missing people, murdered people, creepy pasta, murderous pasta, imaginary friends, and murderous imaginary friends. So we shall have no shortage of strange and unusual <laughs> stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And to help us talk about all this kind of stuff, we have a very special guest joining us on this episode, a very good friend of mine, Ann Preston, and the show... Big Steven. What up? What's up, man? Not much. Just want to, first off, the first thing I want to say, I'm on this show before Boykin. Boom. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Mr. Boykin. Right. He's uh, he's always throwing us some extra bones here, and him and Steven have a, uh, I don't know. Weren't. Steve, you won. You beat him too, I guess. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Thanks for having me on, Yeah, guys. episode 47 is, uh, I'm going to call it Creepy Murder Pasta because of all the stuff we're going to talk about. And this this episode wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for uh, Steve because you basically saved the show tonight. Right. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Skype was being a ginormous piece of trash and uh, I finally gave in to this app that Steven wanted to use called Discord for the last two years. You've been ragging on me about it and, you know, finally picked it up and... It's kind of idiot proof. I'll take but, I'll take my but royalty Skype checks. Shame. Discord. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. They don't listen to this show. Right. But this app's awesome. So it's what's so up? easy. Yeah, it's it's super. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And all three of us are on the video chat on one screen and it's not like bouncing from like one this face episode to one is brought to, to you by face. Discord. Chat for gamers. <laughs> <laughs> for gamers and porn yeah. streamers. Right. <laughs> uh, so man, yeah, we're glad you're on the show, dude. You kinda I always call it a sister podcast, but you uh you host O Indeed with Brady and we've done some round tables and stuff. So tell us a little bit about you, man. What makes you kinda tick? Uh well as as you know, like I'm a big gamer, so that's pretty much my main um source of entertainment but with Mm -hmm. that i've always been really into um like paranormal stuff like i I, i'm a weird one because i i it's not that i don't believe it's just that i'm very skeptical because i have Mm -hmm. never seen anything like that and i'd like to i mean i kind of always say that uh i think one thing that would be like so eye-opening in my life would be to be abducted by aliens, but it would mm-hmm. also be extremely terrifying because not only the fact that that's just scary as shit, but um, the fact is that when you get back, like you know that there's something else out there, but everybody else is going to think you're mm-hmm. just a nut job. So it's, it's always just like, it's that double-edged sword, you know? Right. But I mean, you know, I, yeah. I love, love paranormal movies, love reading about it, you know, listening to podcasts about it, obviously. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm just on, just like to get on here and chat with my dudes. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I'm glad we, we finally got you on. Rob is still, God knows where, on a vision quest <laughs> or something. And <laughs> Lick, licking toads. <laughs> <laughs> He's licking toads in backwoods Kentucky yeah. and nobody's seen him, so we'll probably find him in one of these missing four one one books before too long. So Right. 
<laughs> that he wrote. <laughs> hey, Preston, unmute your mic. Are you there? <laughs> okay, there you <laughs> go. Talk about <laughs> Yeah, poor like, idiot. So uh, you remember that episode of Rick and Morty when uh, they're in that uh, pawn shop in the middle of space and mm-hmm. uh, Morty finds that sex doll? Yeah, yeah. That's what I imagine is going on with Rob right now. He found that sex doll. And he's like, oh, oh. too busy, guys. Uh, oh. Hold on. And you walk into his house and you just hear thump, 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 thump. This is totally <laughs> show related. Okay. So episodes, <laughs> episodes back, you guys talked about this. Um, I know Rob basically got on a tangent about how he would be with a, ge- a Gillette. Gelant, what the fuck that word is? Gelatinous. Gelatinous. Gelatinous blob. blob and he would <laughs> perform things with that with that thing whatever yeah. call it. i don't know he'd fuck I'm it let's go let's, let's stop beating around the either. bush here he'd fuck he'd fuck the yeah. blob okay <laughs> so so right. i'm watching i'm watching um the orville like this is the seth MacFarlane show for fox <laughs> yeah. so i'm assuming i'm assuming yeah. i've seen this and i won't give too many spoilers yes because <laughs> when that show first came out like i didn't check it out i heard like a couple people talk about it and they were like eh, it's okay it's nothing special and like I just was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna blast through this, and I'm actually really enjoying that show. And yeah, it's a good show. In that in that show, there is a character called Yuffit, and he is a gelatinous blob, and he's a horn dog, and <laughs> oh no, may or may not be yeah. a scene where they they say something's gonna happen, and then you know maybe something does, maybe something doesn't. But the whole time, yeah. I'm like, I'm like. This is this is the Rob version of himself of just the gelatinous. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you're getting at here is basically pixelated paranormal inspired Seth MacFarlane yeah, to right? make a character right? in the Orville. Right? And long story short, right? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but if you guys haven't watched that show, watch it. I'm assuming Preston is because he laughed about it, so he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah, you were saying mm. it was good, and, and every review I've read about it or anybody talking about it on like Twitter has said the same thing, like they anticipated it's a giant pile of crap, and it's actually a really good because show. Because it, so. it takes so many things from I, – I didn't really watch too much Star Trek, but it takes like a lot of mm-hmm. stuff from that, and it also mm-hmm. takes a lot of stuff right. from Firefly and Doctor Who. It's just like really like, I don't know, goofy. It's got a lot of you know adult innuendos and stuff like that, but at the same time, yeah. it's, still, it's still made for TV for Fox, you know, and like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anyways, yeah. that just totally derailed everything, but no, no, <laughs> there is no rail, sir. <laughs> Especially that Papa Daddy or Papa Daddy Rob on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there hasn't been any signs of a track for probably two months yeah. now. We're just barely yeah. down a mountain at this point. So. <laughs> we just kind of weave in and out. It's fine. Yeah, you know, whatever. Right. Sometimes we have to get out and push the cart. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, we went to dinner the other night, Steve, and you and I were talking about getting you on the show finally and, you know, what you would like to talk about. And you brought up the fact that, like, you've always really dug creepypasta and the creepypasta stories. And that's something we kind of stayed away from a little bit on the show, not for any big reason, but mainly because, you know, creepypasta, for the most part, are were stories that were fan-written, fan-made stories. Mm-hmm. And then you brought up some good points about what we could talk about on the show and make it more related to the show. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about a lot today. Um, creepypasta and just, we're going to talk about some stuff we've mentioned before and there's going to be some new stuff as well, but I thought it'd be cool to 
do a show about that with you. We were going to do a show about alien conspiracies with the, the, the presidential candidates we've had through the years. So we'll probably jump on that next time. Um, but yeah, I wanted to definitely do this because there's a lot of cool stuff that I've been reading about and cool. you've been reading about too. So, and, and Preston's read some of it as well. So yeah, we got all sorts of stuff to talk about and it's just going to be, it's going to be a bumpy ride, but everything's going to relate from one thing to the next in one way or the other. So just kind of, yeah, it's nothing new. Hold on to the cart, sit down, shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say cart, uh, I always think about right. that. <laughs> <laughs> the minecart, yeah. I don't know if we ever told you the story, Preston, but the first time Rob came to visit in Kansas, like he wanted to go to uh, Hutch and go to the salt mine. And you could take like a minecart uh, tour. It's a badass tour, and too. It was, yeah, that place is cool. If you guys have not been to Hutchison, Kansas, to the uh, salt mines, you definitely have to go check it out. Or the Space out. Museum. It's really awesome. Yeah, or the Cosmosphere. Either way, any of that stuff, man. Hutch is a pretty cool little place. Uh, lots of hidden little gems in that uh, town. And lots of meth. <laughs> right <laughs> hand in hand. Space travel and meth yeah. and amphetamines. Um, so, yeah, we went. And, like, you're on this trolley and everybody has to wear a hard hat. And, of course, it's classic Sean and Shayla and Steven and Rob. And um, I forget the young lady's name that was uh, with Carla. us that came with Rob. Carly, yeah. And Gillum. We were all being, you know, the the back of the bus. Gillum was there too, right? A lot of, what's that? Was Gillum there with us? I think Gillum I was. Think, yeah, yeah you're right. There's was. one person I couldn't picture. Yeah, yeah Gillum. Yeah. What's up, Chris? Um, And so, like, we're just being, like, the ruckus in the back of the bus, so to speak. And, <laughs> and we're in the back of the bus. And, like, the guy clearly says, as, as, when you're riding in the cart, you know, please stay in the cart. Don't get off the cart. Don't step off. If you drop something off the cart, please let me know. I'll stop the cart. I will walk back and get it for you. And with my luck, of course, we get the jacking around. And I, I don't know if Rob knocked – who knocked my helmet off? Do you remember? I can't remember. Somebody knocked my helmet off. And I was like, oh, uh, hey, I, I dropped my helmet. And he's like, oh, did you lose something? I'm like, yeah, uh, my helmet fell off. I think I can see it, though. And he goes, um, you think you think you can get it? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I think it's just right. I think I can get yeah. uh. <laughs> And down there, it's pitch <laughs> it's dark. Echoed. It's so echoey because <laughs> it's just miles and miles of just underground underground cavern, right? Or like, you know, right, right, tunnels. mine. And so like, he's like, ah, and it's like, it's, it was so perfect, just echoed for miles. And I'm just fucking, I, I almost pissed my pants laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty great because the entire cart started laughing and like, even the tour guide kind of chuckled a bit. Yeah. And then <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And that was, that is probably my favorite selfie that Shayla and I ever took together. <laughs> There, Shayla and I were trying to take the cute little couple's like hard hat selfie photo, and so like we're shoulder to shoulder, head to head, and we snap a pic, and then like weeks later, <laughs> weeks. Steve's like, "Hey, I mean, how, was it longer than that? It was a it long was ass long time. time, yeah, yeah, a long ass time." Stephen finally like comments on the photo on Facebook. He's like, "Hey, zoom in real quick between <laughs> you guys," and you zoom in, and it's fucking Stephen's face is like so tiny, like. like it's just, yeah, he's just creepy, just this creepy ass face, and he's just lurking in the background, and it, it's just the funniest thing because we never knew, but nobody saw it until he said something about yeah. it, and then you can't help but see it. But oh, it's fucking perfect. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot of fun. I don't even know how we got on that subject just now, but <laughs> here we are. But yeah, so back back to brass tacks. We we're going to talk about some uh, some creepy pasta stuff. But first, we're going to jump into some news real quick, as we do. So um, the first bit of news I found, the, really the only news I found, did you guys hear about this YouTube guy who got his head stuck in cement inside of a microwave? 
Well, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me, dude. You, people on YouTube are getting so ridiculous for oh, I know for for comments, views. It's insane. Like, mm-hmm. so this yeah, it's dumb. This guy, I don't go ahead and tell him what what happened because I didn't even watch <laughs> it. I was like, this tell. is bull. I'm not even gonna give this fucker any views. Yeah, it's and this is this is the thing. I'll hang on. I'll, I'll save my comment for the end. Um, there's a YouTube dude, like I don't know, fucking famous if if you call him that anymore, named Jay Swingler or Swingler. And he was trying to do some prank where he was going to cast his head in cement or like poly cement. And mm-hmm. so like he put a bag around his head and had some um, vent holes, like a straw or whatever in his nose or his mouth to breathe. And then they took an old microwave, I guess, and filled it up with this poly mixture, like a cement basically. And they encased his head in the block. And then all of a sudden, after the the poly mixture set, his head got stuck because he couldn't pull his the cement block out of the microwave. Mm-hmm. And they had to basically wait for um, the fire department and EMSs to free him from the cement block. He was a blockhead. I get it, get it. <laughs> uh, he says that uh, the plan was literally to set my head in there, not to let it set complete. And at one point, it was uh, like a thick jelly, and he said he could keep it on his head. He could move around, and the microwave um, and he, him could stand up. But he said if he really wanted to, he could have pulled it off, um, but it was kind of like a thick jelly. And then he said he left it on there longer and longer, and all of a sudden, it began to set, and he got his head stuck in the cement, and the cement got stuck inside the microwave. Just, so they said every time he tried to stand up, then the weight would cause his breathing to get cut off. That's not funny. I shouldn't have I think the dude was just trying um, to be like the next uh, – what's that damn techno group where they wear like Dead Mouse and like all – and the other one, they wear like the vid TVs and shit. Punk. Yeah, they're like dancing yeah. and shit. <laughs> you want to be one of the blockheads from Gumby? Yeah, Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think we found our next Darwin Award winner here. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He's competing for a Darwin Award. <laughs> and, but I mean, that's just it. Like you said, Steve, people are getting desperate for views because slowly and surely, um, YouTube's kind of fading as far as like your 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 star of the day, your star of the weeks, you know. And I think they're just trying to find more and more ways to be relevant. So mm-hmm. they tried to get it off, and they couldn't get it off, and he starts to panic because his breathing becomes more labored. So apparently. They stuck like another tube or straw up there to help him breathe a little bit, and they called the fire department. And did they record all this live? Like, there's a full video of the whole I, thing. I don't know. I I don't even. Want, I'm not going to give them the click. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, you know, like the way viral the way viral works, man. It's it's really insane. Like, I just read this article. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this guy called Angry Grandpa or something. He's like, mm-hmm. he went, I've heard of he him. He went viral, and I guess that that grandpa, the star of the video, just passed away. And his son basically uh, put this like big blog post about how like how much that one video of them going viral changed their entire lives. Like they lived in a trailer, they didn't have no money, and then because of earning revenue off of that video, they he was mm-hmm. able to buy his dad a house that he never he they never owned a house their entire Man. life. And like yeah. it's just really weird to see like what people will do to get viral, and then once they do, see if they actually create content that's actually worthy. Because content mm-hmm. creators on YouTube are constantly screwed over by YouTube's algorithms and, and oh like, sure and like yeah. stuff like that and like when people actually use you know their platform to create good content and I'm all for it but if it's just this mm-hmm. it's just it's really weird to see what goes viral and then if they're just the flavor of the day or flavor of the week or if they yeah. continue to do it's, good stuff it's kind of like a viral lottery too because 
some of these people make one video and it blows up and then they become like the hot shit for about a month and they make a boatload of money and they can do that. They can buy a house. They can, didn't the guy who had the hide your kids, hide your wife video, didn't he make like a boatload of money and got himself out of the, the ghetto, so to speak, Possible. and everything else? And yeah. how I, I could have swore Tosh.0 did a special and like he was like, they finally had money. And he said like he never set out to do it because that's back. He was one of the, you know, the original quotes, yeah. YouTube stars. But he's like, yeah, it changed my life. Every, like, it gave me the money to get out. Every and, time I drive down Rock by the East Mall, there's that big sign because it's holiday time. It says, hide your keys, hide your belongings. And I'm like, hide your keys, hide your kids. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting in the way that kind of works. But yeah, you're exactly right. It's hard to tell what was something worthwhile and what was somebody trying to do at just a stupid video. Because what else do you expect to happen? If you can clearly – if you say – it became jelly. I can move my head around for a while. That was your key to get out. Like you did this on purpose. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately guys, there have been suicides, um, that have been virally caught. And, you know, there's been people on the news that go out and commit, you know, heinous acts and, and Facebook live videos of murders and stuff like that. And in the sake of performance piece too, you know, Preston and I are pretty familiar with performance pieces. Sometimes that's, um, an uncalculated risk. And if you die, that's part of the Mm -hmm. piece. Which is crazy. so like what what's going to happen if he died? It would have been recorded yeah. and it would have been even more you know famous and archived. But like when you go when you internet. when you talk about like people broadcasting live and stuff and doing some heinous acts, like it just when I watch um, when I watch a Black Mirror and I see like some of them mm-hmm. type of videos where or episodes where right they'll do things for clicks or views and like they even have an episode on the Orville kind of about that. And like, oh, really? yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's just really weird to like think that it's kind of where our society's going. <laughs> like what's going to really get the most is. likes? What's going to get the most attention? <laughs> yeah. And that's an ironic laugh. I wasn't just thinking that's funny. Um, and that's what this was here. Like he clearly says it became jelly and he could move his head around and stuff like that. And I believe the rest of the story goes like he and his buddy spent like half an hour, hour and a half, 90 minutes trying to get him out. And they couldn't finally get him out, so they called the uh, the fire department, and they spent about an hour chiseling away and dismantling the microwave. And, of course, he's like, oh, I'm thankful to be alive and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but when you look at the tweet that he sends out, it's like, Jay Swinger, I cemented my head in a microwave and emergency services came, dot, 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 nearly died, YouTube video, watch. <laughs> yeah, it, it just becomes kind of sick and – I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to give the guy a click just to support what, it. Like, think about this. Like, what if there was a YouTuber that already did that? I mean, he would have the perfect material. Yo, dude, the only thing you're swinging on is my nuts because I did my head in the microwave first. <laughs> Jay nut swing. Oh, it's YouTube beef. Yeah, that's the that's the irony of you know modern day YouTube slash performance yeah, art right? in a way is that's what we're going to get is a bunch of these idiots, man. And, Oh well, well, my our our tirade about my news is over. Why don't you uh, take it away, Steve? You brought something yeah. to uh, talk about. Try to here. try to bring it back in some some aspect. So I was on <laughs> that was that wasn't paranormal yeah. at all. <laughs> so I uh, okay, so I'm on my phone and I'm looking at um, one of the local news stations here in town, and there was this like thing about um, did anybody else see these strange lights in the sky? And I was like, what the hell? At that time. I was like in the middle of a, of a game, so I didn't I didn't click the link, whatever. For whatever reason, they took it off of their website. Got on Reddit. Of mm-hmm. course, Reddit's going to have links to it. 
So this is on the <laughs> subreddit Kansas. It says, UFO sighting. Did anyone else see the line of lights in the sky? I'm in Emporia, and about an hour ago, I saw what looked like 12 to 13 lights in the sky in a straight line going very slowly and no sound. It looked like a radio antenna was flying horizontally through the sky. It was heading west. There have been reports of the same thing all over the Midwest. So I started looking at this, and like I can't really find – like I typed in like Kansas – UFO sighting December 2017, Kansas 12 to 13 lights in the sky. Like it's it's hard to find like any kind of news articles about this since this happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to ham it up, you know, like oh it's this conspiracy, ah, you know, like this thing. I just found <laughs> I found like all the they took yeah, down yeah, the video yeah, guys. Yeah. I just the goddamn Freemasons. Yeah, and there there is there is a link dicks. of the of the. The uh, a video, you know, it's all shaky cam, all that bullshit. But um, there's all these, you know, on, on the comments. Like this one guy's number one comment says, uh, "Someone posted this on the the Twitter on Twitter status it says looks like military. I think this explains it all. Thirty plus C-17s and another seventeen C-130s Deport, departed Charleston AFB, South Carolina, heading for Nellis AFB range call signs." T H U G Thug XX part of the United States Air Force Weapons School Integration Class 17B. Okay, sounds legit, right? Well, what Mm -hmm. I don't understand, like, and I don't know how all air aircraft works and all that stuff. I guess, but would people from Colorado be able to see that all over Kansas, Nebraska, and Missouri all at the same time? Like, that's and this is coming from uh, Charleston Air Force Base. Like, that's Mm -hmm. that's weird. Like, and then. They're like that's a and plus like that many C seventeens and seventeen C one thirties like in, uh, in in one area like it's just it's just really strange, but um, yeah, it, it's bizarre because like you said, you wouldn't expect to see all those, all those uh, the four was it four states? Yeah, yeah, all four yeah, states, like three all four those states, cities yeah. to be able to see pretty much the same thing. So. See what uh, what happened was is Venus was in retrograde and it uh, caused an increase of swamp gas which refracted the lights across all five states. <laughs> Nothing paranormal going on here. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to find out if everybody saw the exact same uh, formation from different vantage points, yeah, or that's, if they were that's different what this, formations. You know, yeah. This this guy says, "Hey, he's like seen them in south of Lawrence, Kansas. Called my brother in Topeka, Kansas, and he could also see them. He counted seventeen headed west, the same exact number I did." Then this guy right under him says, "I saw them south of Lawrence too, driving west from Lenox on Highway 10 and exiting south onto 1900 Road by Eudora at 8:35. The lights were very clear mm-hmm. and made me uncomfortable. I can definitely believe them to be military because of the location be- being frequently routed by them on weekends. However, I hate saying that I'm skeptical, but I am. The 10 plus lights blinked like a horizontal phone tower, all in unison, and moved west very calmly and smoothly with no sound, driving 60 miles mm-hmm. an hour in the same direction for 13 minutes." Seemed to meet the right next to it, uh, Thousand Road South of Lawrence on Highway 10, about 845. I don't think you would be able to see it with the light pollution if you were in Lawrence. Either way, it was pretty weird. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's kind of it's kind of strange. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, dude. And like, I didn't hear anything about it. You said that like Cake Channel 10 had everything. Uh, you know, yeah, Cake Channel 10 had stuff on their Facebook and all that, and they took it all down. Weird. Didn't the uh, same thing happen with the like Phoenix lights when the Phoenix lights didn't happen? Like people could see them across like two or three states, yeah. and then mm-hmm. the government came out. It's like ah, we were uh, 
exercising flares that night. We had a new flare program going on. It was nothing more than flares. Yeah. Which I watched that. Did you guys watch that movie? The horror movie Phoenix Lights? No, the Phoenix, uh, I don't know. It was like a, you know, shaky cam, handy cam movie about that. It had uh, Dakota Fanning's little sister in it. I think it was Lurs little sister in it. It's a movie, uh, like a little like documentary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, no, huh? Was it good? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's it is what it is type of thing. It's kind of like more Did- of like a romance story than than anything. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just kind of cool to see like that weird, that weird like uh, being in the middle of a desert and I don't know. Shit just creeps me out. It'd be weird indeed. That is kind of neat. Now you know with the Phoenix Lights, Kurt Russell was one of like the. The biggest reporters about that, right? No, like back back in that in that time when that happened. No, when um, whenever the Phoenix Light hit, I forget when that was. Like what, nineteen ninety seven? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Kurt Russell um, was like a celebrity pilot or something. Um, <clears throat> trying to think of what happened. Hang on a second here. Yeah, it was in ninety seven. You're right. Yeah. Kurt Russell, a licensed pilot, reported the lights to control tower at Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. And if his story is true, he may have been the first person to officially log the sighting. Hmm. Yeah, and everything else is just some guy trying to prove that he's really great at creative writing to finish off this thing. I just seen this on Wikipedia. Um, it says, okay, so like all this, these lights happen, right? Ninety seven, right? Everybody loses their minds. Yeah. People go missing. Blah blah. In two thousand seven, there was a reappearance. A repeat of the lights occurred February 6, 2007, and was recorded by a local Fox News television station. According to military officials in the Federal Avi- Aviation Administration, these were flares dropped by F-16 aircraft during training at Luke Ford Air Force Base. What you doing in the same damn spot? And fuck with these people again. <laughs> like, why, like, why would you do that? Like, that makes, no, saying, that makes no sense. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, every single government explanation as to, oh, we were dropping flares in the middle of Russia and it caused flashbangs and it made, you know, nine campers all die of hypothermia, like that kind of shit. I just picture like Avengers, like these aliens come out of a wormhole on Manhattan. <laughs> right. They, they pock, they, they pock, they, they land, they come out, <laughs> they pock shake the hands, they're like, I'm going to go buy a ball. They're like looking at each other like, I'm going to go buy a ballpark hot dog from the stand over here. The government comes out. Guys, it was all, it was all, lens, or it was all lens flare. It was all flare. <laughs> There was nothing here. He bought a fucking hot dog from me. It was a flare. And that's all there is. Yeah. Like, like it's a flare. That's all it was. It was a midget yeah. in a space hot air balloon. Well, we can't Next do it song. to the midgets again, guys. We have to make something else up. We can't let them know we put midgets in hot air balloons again. <laughs> yeah. You remember what happened last time? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, it's they're not all cover-ups. They're not all bullshit. I'm sure some of the things we see are definitely going to be, you know, government tests and whatnot. But... There's just conveniently every single thing yeah. you see. It's like, oh, we were just out there testing some new thing that Gary made in his backyard yesterday. Sorry. <laughs> Especially like now but, in the in the world we live in, like they're always advancing yeah. weapons and you know yeah. aircraft and shit like that. So that's the them tests yeah. are going to happen. But it's just like, for one right. thing, don't retest something very similar to the light you've seen <laughs> ten years ago. Right. You know, like God. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's interesting to see what pans out from that. And maybe nothing. Maybe we're so desensitized to it that, like, it's super cool. And then a half an hour later, it's just like, oh, yeah, back to normal. Right. Back to tweeting pictures of my head getting stuck in a microwave. 
<laughs> bringing it back. <laughs> bringing it back. <laughs> well, um, I think that's it pretty much for the news. So we'll jump into the, the main stuff here. We were going to talk a little bit about creepypasta to get our, uh, our day started out. So, Steve, what exactly, like, what is creepypasta? Explain that to the layman. Um, like, I don't know the exact definition, but the way that I've always, mm-hmm. I've always seen it, uh, as I type in, because I don't want to fuck this up. Uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> like, it's basically, like, stuff that, uh, it's, like, fiction. So, it's, like, little fiction stories that people have, have wrote up to basically just mm-hmm. scare you and, like, just, like, really... They're never long. They're kind of just like a short little story to get you talking, to get you thinking. Right. And then once one spawns and it catches on, then people kind of like build off of that. And it's kind of like when you're in school yeah. and you do the little thing where you all sit around a circle and you tell a story. And by the end of the time, you see how much that, that truth is, has changed. That's Yeah, kind of they, they call it the telephone it. game, yeah. also known as the Chinese whisper. Cool. Yeah. racist, but all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, creepy. Yeah. Basically, it's just um, short stories or legends that have been, you know, told in a fiction style. Um, a lot of people in creative writing classes really spawned. It's on Reddit, right? That's where creepy pasta started I, on Reddit. I think so. It probably started before that, but I mean, Reddit's pretty much blown it up, and just and yeah, and just the culture that we live in with the way that you share like memes because these can yeah, be a meme. It could be like a stuff, just like a short picture of like ten lines of words, and then you read it, and then. It's going to scare the shit out of Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, essentially, without getting too nerdy, creepypasta and somethingawful.net or form or whatever it was, and also no sleep, these are all like three similar things, Mm -hmm. and it's just creepy stories. And they're designed, like you said, they're around paranormal stuff, and they're intended to scare the readers. It's just basically you giving your best, you know, three-paragraph goosebump story. And they really, they kind of build themselves around different, tales of like uh, murder or suicide or ghosts or aliens or weird stuff. And sometimes, sometimes supposedly, and I say that in giant air quotes, they are real stories, but it's again, it's hard. It's like YouTube. It's hard to tell what's real and what's not mm-hmm. because we could all three sit here and tell some pretty great stories. If you gave us each about five minutes to come up with some kind of BS. So, and I think, um, I, and I think that like, I don't want to jump too early down the itinerary or whatever you want to no, call you're it, fine. but like, um, this is a little bit of reading over here, and like basically, it started off with internet internet horror stories, right? So like people mm-hmm. would type in text, and then they would type in the text, and like basically, you know, screenshot it, and then shrink it down, and then put it like post it on meme boards. But mm-hmm. then, what changed the game was the pictures, and the most famous picture right. is what well, you know what what we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. and it's Slender it's Man. funny yeah. to see how how like it started with text, and then it moved its way to like text picture and then moved its way to a very famous picture. And like, yeah, it's just, and it's just, it's just strange. So I mean, it's cool. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a performance art all in its own, yeah. basically yeah. like a, a, a viral performance art. Well, and I mean, like I'm not really familiar with Reddit too much. I don't jump on it that often, but I mean, uh, what's it called? Sorry, I lost it. Creepypasta has been around for a long time. But, I mean, it really peaked probably around 2010 or so because the New York Times caught wind of, I think, the the idea and the phenomenon of Slender Man. And then that really just caused everybody who wasn't already on Reddit to flock to Reddit and, and to flock to Creepypasta and just, you know, start dumping in all sorts of great stuff. 
And there's some pretty cool content beyond just the main stories, like the short stories. My favorite around the around Halloween would be like the two sentence horror stories. Mm-hmm. Those are some of my favorites, man. And those are they're pretty great. Some of them, like you basically you have you can say one story, the creepiest story, and you have two sentences. And some of the best ones are like, um, they say one of the greatest sounds is that of a child laughing, period. Until it's coming from the bedroom down the hallway and you don't have any siblings, period. (laughs) (laughs) Or another one was like, sometimes at night I can't fall asleep from the sounds of my wife crying laying next to me. She's been gone for five years. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. creepy. It's weird shit. Yeah, just weird shit. But I mean, and that just kind of spawns into short stories, long stories, no- novels, and everything else. And so, like you said, we'll go ahead and we'll just jump into it. Um, talk a little bit about Slender Man because that may be the most famous thing to come out of something awful and to come out of, you know, creepypasta. Everybody kind of attributes him to creepypasta, but he started off off of something awful forums, correct? I, Anybody? I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, so something awful, I don't know a whole lot about it, so forgive me if I get some of the facts wrong, but it was kind of something similar. People went on there just to post morbid things, stories, facts, videos, pictures, everything else, kind of like Rotten.com back when we were all in like middle school and, and high school. And there was a thread for a Photoshop contest in which people were challenged to take everyday photographs and make them appear somewhat paranormal. And so there's a dude and his name was Victor Serge and that was a pseudonym and his real name is Eric uh, Knudsen. And he contributes these two black and white images of several kids playing and they're very, very famous. If you've never seen them, go check them out. Just look up original um, Slender Man photos that he did a pretty good job. Good job. That's pretty neat work. And with the kids playing, usually in the background or or I think in some cases by the kids, there's a tall, thin, spectral figure who's wearing like a black suit with a tie. Um, he has no faces. He has no faces. He has no face and his limbs are elongated and stuff like that. Super creepy. Yeah. And he pretty much just kind of won. The idea was to take a – make these photos and then also I've heard another tale too um, – it was to do all this plus the winner was the one who could get the most people to believe his or her um, paranormal legend was real. So then you kind of came up with a background and a story about it. And they wanted to see how far this one thing could go, yeah. kind of like the telephone game. And so that's where it went. I mean, it just – it took off. But and it kind of – is that uh, he, would, he would kidnap kids and his name was The Slender Man. Yeah, and there's been like – there's like historical references and stuff like Brazilian cave paintings where they'll <laughs> – you know that right. and there's there's something that kind of looks because most people know the Slender Man is this like really tall man like wearing mm-hmm. like a suit and a tie and then like he's like really like a white elongated face and like really long long hands, but um, in his final form, <laughs> he'll he'll have like all these like crazy <laughs> tentacles and shit and kind of looks kind of looks like season two Stranger Things with like that fucking smoke monster like with the, all the oh, crazy yeah, arms yeah. and stuff. And there and yeah, there's been yeah. hieroglyphics and paintings from Egyptian time, Brazilian caves, German shit that like show uh-huh. something similar to that that could reference it. So yeah. when people were could looking into this, they probably saw that stuff and they're like, "What the hell? It's real. He knows it." <laughs> like, right? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's the whole idea behind you know the challenge of creating the mythos. You know, he starts off. And Slender Man's this real tall, thin, lanky. His arms are longer. His legs are longer than they should be. Faceless and tentacles that can grow out of his back. 
and he can cause amnesia and coughing fits and he can induce paranoia mm-hmm. and he's normally like hiding in forest areas and he's notoriously known for you know kidnapping kids so all those tropes are like classic classic horror um tropes i hate to use the word twice but i mean that's what it is so it's always just been something that everybody's scared of and this dude took a lot of inspiration from a lot of stuff like that and boom now we have slender man and um there's been what youtube videos books video games have like, like done like documentary books yeah. video games yeah that video game scary shit too. yeah it is it's <laughs> um all sorts of pop culture halloween costumes everything else man movies he has blown up and just become huge and so. unfortunately he's also been the reason for a well, not the reason, but um, a very big factor in the death—the death of somebody. Like these two girls, they claimed that that they were told by the Slenderman that they had to kill this other girl, and they were young, mm-hmm. like really young. There's a documentary about it on Netflix that I haven't seen yet, but you did right, watch it, right? Yeah, and I don't think it's on Netflix. I, think I mean, it's on, on Netflix, HBO. HBO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the crazy thing, and. This whole, I guess, me talking about that YouTube idiot <laughs> kind of comes back around again because people imitate that which they see. And we all know kids are highly impressionable. Mm-hmm. So I knew when I was 12 years old and probably younger than that, I was stowed away in the corner of the library reading um, Schwartz's more uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, more scary stories to tell in the dark. And I was the kid who was like, excuse me, where's the paranormal section? <laughs> you know, pushing up my double bridge glasses. And <laughs> I was that dude. I was reading Aliens and, you know, String Theory and fucking Black nerd. Holes. and <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. Until they found out I was good at kickball. Damn, um, I didn't hear you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's very easy to um, – you know, kids are highly impressionable. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, um, so you're talking about the Slenderman stabbing or Slender uh, Slenderman murder is what they call it. Even though the girl, the girl doesn't die. Spoiler alert! I'm going to tell you in about five minutes or thirty seconds. She didn't die. Oh, she didn't. Um, no, no. I thought she died too because they always call it the Slenderman murder. Yeah. But no, she didn't die. What the fuck? They didn't um, murder nothing. I mean, what they did was messed up. I mean, that's yeah, not but... saying somebody else didn't die that we don't know about, but. Um, on May 31st, 2014 in Waukesha, Wisconsin, 12 year old Anissa Ware and her friend Morgan Geyser lured their third friend, Peyton Lautner into the woods and stabbed her 19 times. And she all didn't die in the name Fucking of hell. Slender Man. So yeah, um, what basically what happened is these girls were having a slumber party for one of their birthdays and they stumbled upon um, the creepypasta wiki, I think it was, which is like another derivative of creepypasta. Mm-hmm. And they started reading about Slender Man and maybe the miso- mythos of, you know, if you become his friend, he'll carry you away to his magical kingdom, his magical palace. And then, um, you know, he'll make you one of his minions or one of his friends or marry your God knows what. Hashtag so nope. they basically said they believed in him and they believed that in order to prove to the world he was alive and to swear their loyalty to him, they would kill somebody in his names to be his proxies. So that they believed uh, after they killed a f- their friend, basically, they would become servants of the Slender Man and he would take him away to his mansion in Nicolette National Forest. So they 
lured their friend out into the woods, saying they're going to go do who knows what at about, um, I think it was in the afternoon. I forget when it was. But yeah, they stab her 19 times. And they think she's dead, and they go stumbling home. Tra-la-la, we've done it. You know, look out, world. The future's going to be pretty bright. In your jail cells. And then um, the little girl, she actually gets away. Peyton managed to crawl to a roadside, and I think there was a cyclist. Mm-hmm. Got his bicycle riding by, and she flagged him down. Police were called, and I th- think, I think she actually did wake up. Six days after it happened. That's crazy. Yeah, she was hospitalized. Okay, sorry, she was hospitalized for six days. So yeah, she uh, she I believe pulled through and everything. And the kids went to court, and I think that for a plea insanity or a plea bargain, they pleaded insanity or no, sorry, they wanted to plead insanity, but then due to a plea deal, I think they both pled guilty. So wow. Yeah, you can you can watch the whole thing unfold on like a two hour documentary on um, HBO. About it, I watched about a third of it, and it was a little too much about the murder and not enough about the mythos for me. So I, it wasn't quite my cup of tea. And let's be honest, once you watch Making a Murderer, most of these murder <laughs> documentaries just aren't quite as uh, hook and tackle as this one. So yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, that's crazy. We're going from you know a mythos made online to kids killing in the name of something, um, something fake, something imaginary. I don't know. So what do you think? Do you think – have there been other cases of this that you guys know off the top of your head? I I personally don't know. I mean I'd, to me like I think this is just something that's it, it made up, you know. Like I don't, I don't believe mm-hmm. in it, you know. It's creepy to think. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> Check your phone, Steve. Preston texts a picture that he took. And I want you to look at that picture, and I'll post it on the Facebook page whenever this episode goes live, so you can you can see the photo on the the Facebook page. Got so many damn tech like <laughs> notifications. Yeah. Okay. So this this <laughs> is a picture you took. Y- yes. Yes, it is. Where's this at? Like, what's it look from like? a sim- it Looks more like from a, a sim- fucking like an alien to me than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you see like a cabin in the woods and some fog and that little figure standing there? Yeah, kind of, yeah. So th- Wait, like tell me about it. Yeah, what what is it? So this is uh this is a technique that uh some paranormal investigators use. It's called uh a uh, kind of like water spraying. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you do is uh if you're in a haunted location or a supposed haunted location, you get a silver bowl and fill it with water and uh you start shaking it, moving it around really fast. And uh, you ask any spirit in the area to manipulate the, you know, their energy and leave you an image. And while you're doing this, you're filming it. So you're just using your phone. You're using a video camera. And then after you're done, you go back and you break each of those, those that, that five-minute film, six-minute film down still by still by still. So you're talking like milliseconds. Weird. And that's what I got out of you know one frame i got that image and whenever we talk about slender man i just that's what i think of those long appendages and just that creepy face and uh that almost looks like that's that how I, um you guys ever watched the netflix movie death note it's also based off an anime you know oh it kind of does oh, yeah, it yeah. looks like that raku or yeah. whatever the fucking yeah. Is like. yeah 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 <laughs> 
whatever that dude's name <laughs> yeah. is. I'm totally butchering But I mean, it. that's <laughs> that's a that's a great example cool. of this whole Slenderman idea. You know, Preston could have easily you could have posted that to that contest and been like, hey, check it out, this thing is called yeah. a booger dick, and he fucking haunts me. It would went viral. <laughs> and Preston would have been rich as shit. Also, yeah. with your technique, we would be having this podcast your, right now. Your technique yeah. of putting this water in a bowl and shaking it around and taking videos of it. You're, I'm like, I'm yeah. just picturing you acting like that one professor in Harry Potter that like looks at the root. Like in the in the bowl, and she like can see, <laughs> she can see like the future. <laughs> Presses over there, staring at this mixture. <laughs> oh, I forgot her name. Yeah, she reads the tea leaves, and she's like the boy. Yeah, yeah. She had like one one prediction come yeah. true. That's why we kept her all that whole. Yeah. But I mean, so yeah, that's a great example, though. Like, it's just a, a picture of nothing, and we can build a whole story around it. And the next thing you know, like people are believing in this creature called the booger dick that lives out in. The Booker. He haunts derelict buildings that are falling apart in right. the woods. That's a creepy picture, though, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I've liked that one for a long time. I think I have it saved on my phone actually somewhere. But Boom. yeah, so I mean, the idea of this is that Slender Man is highly collaborative in nature, and um, some scholars say that because the character and his motives are shrouded in mystery, users, readers, and creatives can easily adapt existing Slender Man tropes and imagination uh, and imagery to create new stories. The ability for users to tap into this idea, um, those ideas of others, while also supplying their own, helped inspire the collaborative culture that arose around the Slender Man. Instead of privileging the choices of certain creators as um, canon, this collaborative culture informally locates ownership of the creature across the community. In these respects, Slender Man is similar to campfire stories or urban legends, and the characters have success, and this comes from enabling both social interaction and personal acts as a creative expression. Hmm. Although nearly all users understand that Slender Man is not real, they suspend that disbelief in order to become more engrossed with uh, the telling of their stories and listening to other stories. This adds a sense of authenticity to Slenderman, but also blurs the line between legend and reality. And <clears throat> Steve, when you and I went to dinner, we, we were talking about the idea of like, it, could Slenderman be real? And I realize that's dumb for two 30 year olds to be like, you think he's real though? You think he's real? <laughs> but let's, let's get into it a little bit more about, you know, why we would have such a stupid conversation. And that's the idea that, you know, if you were to think of something hard enough and give it enough of your emotional energy and your imagination and you would do that tenfold, a hundredfold, you know, an entire population of a country would all think of something independently but also together. Could you give something enough energy, enough power to become real? Yeah. And that's that whole blur, that whole idea of, of the reality and the legend gets blurred a little bit because – Plenty of people claim they've seen it, and I know that sounds really dumb, and I think we can all agree that sounds really silly, especially for adults to be like, yeah, I saw Slender Man once. But (laughs) that whole thing thing falls into a category of a phenomenon or a a creature called a tulpa, and and we've talked about tulpas before a little bit, but Preston, explain a little bit what is a tulpa. So uh, a, a tulpa is a is an idea or concept that comes from Tibet, mm-hmm. 
And it's basically just what, 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 what we call like a thought form. So what these monks would do is they would meditate and put all their energy into this idea of this creation. So they would start out by imagining this ball of white light floating in between their hands. And as they're making this light grow and, you know, uh, remember uh, Guardians of the Galaxy when he makes that little ball and they're throwing it back yeah, and yeah. forth? Oh, yeah, Guardians yeah, too. Yeah. Huh? Okay, so just imagine that you have this ball, and then as you're looking at it, you're just thinking about intention, like you know, anger, happiness, sadness, and you're just putting all these emotions into this ball, and and you're just doing this day after day after day after day. It's like Zendaya after on Overwatch. Experience yeah. tranquility. He's got the little <laughs> yes. balls. He's like always doing like that. <laughs> Yeah, And then after you've programmed it with these thoughts and emotion, now you're going to shape it. So then, you know, let's say that, uh, I don't know, maybe you're a 35-year-old dude who really likes My Little Ponies. And so you decide <laughs> to shape this happy ball into a purple fluffy pony. So you start to shape it into a purple fluffy pony. And then uh, now you have to give it a an imaginary home inside your mind. So now you think of a place that you want this pony to live. And you're doing all this. And eventually you think about it so much, you put so much time and effort into it, that this purple fluffy pony communicates to you. It starts talking to you. You see it out of the corner of your eye. And then if you keep thinking on it, keep putting these emotions and thoughts into it, it eventually becomes visible to the rest of the world. And you, my friend, have created your very own tulpa or your thought form out of nothingness. But doesn't <laughs> doesn't that like – wouldn't that be like you're schizophrenic? Like you're, you're – <laughs> Yes. Like, I yes. Mean, right? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Sure. Yes. Because everything I've seen about – I mean I've never really seen like a real – I've never seen a real life monk, you know, like I've ne- <laughs> good for you, sir. Yeah, like I've never yeah. been to like, but everything I see like on TV or movies or documentaries uh-huh. or whatever, it's always like they're very deep in thought. They have these quests where they'll just be, they'll isolate themselves. And if, and if that's true, if this stuff is what they're doing, like, wouldn't you go insane? Like, how do these monks not go like literally mentally insane? Mm-hmm. From, well, I've got a story to talk about that here in a minute. Yeah, but, talking to themselves, um, and and like making up. It's shit, funny like, you bring that up because you, without kind of giving away everything you do in your job, you you work in a mental health field. Yeah, it's safe to call it right. Yeah. yeah. So I never even really thought about that aspect of it. Of yes, yeah, schizophrenia, multiple personalities, yeah, like paranoia, I mean, stuff like that. Right now, I work I work with people that have demount, developmental, intellectually disabled adults. So, but when I worked in the mental health field, more so speak, like there was a guy that like, he was very, like, he believed he was being abducted and like, I couldn't work with him. They assigned me to the case. I think I told you this, like they assigned me the case and I was like, I can't work with them. They're like, why? I'm like, I'm too subjective. Like I believe in aliens and I, and he's going to tell me that if I'm not saying whether he's, I I can't say whether he's right or wrong. I can't be like, yo, like. The, the stuff you're having, these are symptoms. You're, you you know, you need to think of coping skills to, to, you know, combat these, these, these stories and these feelings that you're, that you feel is really happening to you. But I'm over here like, what the, like, what if he's really being fucking abducted? And, and like, yeah. he's going insane because right. we're not believing him. You know, so I could, I yeah. couldn't treat him. Like, and that's uh, the whole uh, X Files, that's the whole Molder. And you, you know, like you yeah. want to believe. Yeah. And I mean, like if, if you look at all the horror movie tropes and sci-fi tropes, 
that's one of the most common is like he's insane oh yeah shut up and take your medicine yeah, you're gonna yep. be fine and yep. in reality like lights go off and all the demons are standing there on the edge of the bed and they you know kid hadn't taken his yeah. medicine for months yeah so yeah that's interesting dude i never really knew that i never knew that i don't think you ever told me about that but that's that's i mean good for you for having the intellect to be like i can't do this guys because i want so badly to believe because then if you start feeding into it and it is all bullshit then you've just denied this person their uh, their treatment you yeah know? exactly that's and that's really interesting dude it's, it's weird a double-edged sword right there yeah yeah and then like uh-huh. but then like on the same thing like every single saturday i only work weekends so every single saturday there's this one client he loves watching um the um ghost hunters like it's on like from like eight o'clock or no, no, like six yeah. o'clock all the way to like one o'clock at night. And every episode he's like, yep, this is real. This is real. This is happening. Like, you know, like, and I'm right. just like, oh my God, <laughs> some of the shit they're like, they're like, did you guys hear that? And they're like, look over there. And there's just like this fucking like doll. They just bought out of Walmart, like just sitting in the corner. I'm like, this is so fucking fake. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but you know, but the same thing, like, man, I, I've worked with people with autism and, Sometimes when they're in their, um, they're in their, you know, they have like, I don't know how to say it scientifically. Basically, they have stare offs like where they'll stare off in the distance and they'll look at something and they'll come back with their eyes and mm-hmm. kind of like jerky motions. And like mm-hmm. some autistic people, when they're, you know, they're lower functioning autism, they can't verbally communicate. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder cause they're like their brain, their brain activity is on such a high, such a different level. And it's going like so fast that like, it's kind of like the thing with like children, like sometimes babies, do you think they see spirits? Do they see things that could autism be the same way? Cause there's, there's so much research constantly developing all the time for autistic people that, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe they, maybe they see shit and maybe that's, and they can't like verbally like say, you know, the lower function people can't verbally say maybe to demonstrate because like, if they have like a headache, they're going to scream. We, you know, some it's low functioning uh-huh. and autism. I'm not saying this happens to every single autistic person, but the, sure. that it's the range on that, on that, on that spectrum is so huge that, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe some of them do, maybe some of them have that, have that sight, you know, like, and that, that stuff creeps me out, man. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting there trying to talk to him. He's yeah. like, Looking up in the corner, I'm thinking it's like some insidious shit. That dude's back there, that red dude, back in the back. Keeping across your ceiling and shit, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's very interesting because that's always been the – oh, burpee. That's always been like the idea is that kids and animals can see through the veil. And as you grow up, you kind of lose that sense of wonder. That's the whole idea behind the uh, Polar Express and then – kind of Krampus in a way, you know, like you, you grow up and you lose that magic. What if, what if that was true? What if it is true? I mean, I know like when we lived in our apartment in El Dorado that was haunted and I mean, there's too much shit that happened in there to not yeah, be haunted. Weird. My cats would always like just fixate, like they'd be playing and running around and they would both stop. And look at the same exact moment at the same exact spot in the house. And they'd follow it. They'd look from like the corner above the stairs and they'd kind of like move around. And they'd go down. They'd go over. And they'd always end up watching it. And then they'd follow it. And they'd stop right at the closet in the living room. And they'd always just sit there and stare at it. And like you'd be like, um, you know, Pumpkin, Beach, what are you doing? And like one ear would move back like they're listening to you. But they didn't yeah. want to turn their head. On guard. So – but I mean, that's that's interesting when you talk about a spectrum, and, and we are in no way 
disrespecting anybody that has any um, what do you call it, Steve? Yeah, mental the, illness, mental right mental illness, disability, whether it be developmental or intellectual. Right, okay, yeah, you thanks. Know? We're not discrediting or disrespecting them, but I mean that would be an interesting idea. Is that a lot of times you know savants? Um, it's said that they have a higher. Yeah, dude, level the brain of is so is so. I don't like you know it's it's crazy like it, the brain is yeah, it's so that's a good way to put so it the brain's crazy that like and the way yeah. the brain works like it's all the you know um, I'm not gonna sit here and try to explain how brains work but you know what I mean like there's so many like things like yeah. firing all the time and when you have that disability yeah. uh-huh. or that illness and there's a chemical imbalance like who's to say that like what they're seeing isn't isn't real I kind of I I kind of think of that in sure. that realm of like a. Stranger Things with Upside Down or Fringe with Alternate Reality. Like, wouldn't it be crazy to be like, if you... (laughs) It sounds so bad. I'm I'm not a politically correct person. I have major respect for a lot of things. You're fine. We give give disclaimers, guys. We're not (laughs) the most politically intelligent. When I say, well, when a crazy (laughs) person has this, you know, when when somebody has, like, um, a disability or an illness or chemical imbalance in their brain, like, imagine... Mm -hmm. That like there'd be episodes where you'd have where you would see things and you could see like an mm-hmm. alternate reality and people would just think you're batshit insane. Like wouldn't that be crazy? Like yeah. do you think that that like you're seeing like I don't know Preston, I don't know. Yeah, the I know Sean hasn't dimension. seen Fringe, yeah. but have you seen Fringe? Uh, I've seen some of Fringe. Uh, the first season, yeah. I've gotten through. I think almost all of it. You guys so. gotta watch that shit, man. It gets so it gets so yeah. crazy. Yeah. I tried, and they jerked it off of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> they jerked it off on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> they took it off of Netflix like the yeah, day I was gonna watch it's it. It's really good, and and it, and it. But you're but you're saying it'd be it'd be interesting if they were able to see into that yeah. through the veil, so to speak. So yeah. when like people who suffer from like multiple personalities. <clears throat> For the longest time, like there were certain doctors that would treat that like a mental illness. Like they're, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that's chemically wrong with that person. They're born that way. But then you you had some doctors who would okay, so let's try to treat this patient in a different light. So they would sit there and they say, okay, so what's going on? Who's who's the personality that's coming through? And they and you know the personality would start talking, and then you know they would start writing down notes. And it actually sounded like the personality that was coming through was somebody who had already lived. Like they could actually historically go look up, you know, Jane Foster who died five years ago. And then when they would bring forth the primary personality, they would say, okay, so when Jane's talking, what is it like? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, let's say that, you know, this is Thomas or whatever. Thomas would say, well, whenever Jane comes forward, it's like there's a, a, a room, but it's dark and Jane is sitting in this chair with light around it, and who's ever sitting in the chair has control. And I know there's other people mm. here. I can feel them, and whoever wants to take control, they just sit in that chair, and I'm just watching them uh-huh. do these things. And so, so, you know, you have to wonder, like, somebody who suffers from multiple personality, is it because – is it a real mental illness or are they suffering from what they call like walk-ins where they're functioning, their brains func- function at such a higher level that they have this ability that where they can disconnect their consciousness and something else that's picking up on that signal takes over. And that's how you get. And then somebody else, some other spirits like, holy shit, I could easily take this person over too. So to, this person's like a transmitter kind of like for spirits. Kind of like in, everybody's just taking turns. Yeah. Kind of like the idea of, of insidious, like, 
Yes. And hit, hitched a ride, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, or, I mean, <clears throat> Preston, you haven't watched Split yet, have you? No, I have not. That's that's an exact phrase from that movie. Is like, well, so and so has you know, so and so it's so and so's turn or whatever. So and so is in the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know yeah, I'm talking about Steve. Don't yeah, something that like that. And let, let's yeah. not let's like it's pretty incredible that that these psychologists have and doctors have figured out a way to like to properly care for a person like that. Like when yeah. when that oh, when that sure, person yeah. when that different personality's up to talk specifically to that personality do things that make that mm-hmm. person open up more. And then sometimes like there's been cases I, I've, I've heard about cause when I, when I did my training for mental health case manager, uh, we talked about mul- uh, multiple personalities, which I never worked with anybody about that. But one of the things was, is that like when you, when you do come with somebody that has that, make sure you know which personality you're talking to that way, because there's been cases that oh, yeah. when you talk to that person and you work through maybe that other personality's problems, that personality could actually go away. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that person mm-hmm. could basically not have that, you know, them symptoms for a long time after that. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. The human brain, man, it's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. The human brain, <laughs> yeah. man, it's nuts. Look how far yeah, off yeah, the tracks yeah. we. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this is an interesting conversation. So when we're, when we're, uh, when we're talking about creating tulpas, and I brought up the whole. Uh, well, hang on. Let me let me tell the story about the nun or the the monk okay. real quick. Um, but r- real quick, what I wanted to get back to, and I never had a chance to say, what if let's just say thought forms and making tulpas. What if these kids were able to see something we couldn't see? Mm-hmm. These twelve-year-old kids, because they're so innocent and not tainted yet, you know, by society having a job and responsibilities and Mm -hmm. the evils of the world. What if they're able to see something and that whole, you know, we wanted to be for Slender Man. We're all like, yeah, you guys are a bunch of morons. But in reality, like there's this creep that's just kind of like just mucking around that only 12 year olds (laughs) can see. Yeah. Okay. So man, trying to get back on track, (laughs) back on the main stuff. Um, the whole idea of making that monk, that thought form, um, Alexandra David Neal, she was the first woman to be given the title of Tibetan Lama, right? And she was a committed Buddhist who lived uh, to the really impressive age of like 100. So lady was pretty experienced in her life, and she was a noted traveler. She had a deep passion for Asia and all their traditions and all their history, their culture, and um, particularly the Himalayans. And so Alexandra was also someone who helped bring the Western world the phenomenon or idea of tulpas. And so she was never really one to like snub her nose and be like, I'm not going to do that. That sounds stupid. Making imaginary friends into real people just sounds like poppycock. Um, She became pretty fascinated with the ideas of tulpas and decided to make her own tulpa. She decided to try to at least attempt to make her own, you know, personal friend. So after studying the idea of the concept from the Buddhist monks and stuff like that, she decided she would then focus her attention and her ideas and thoughts on making a familiar or a a thought form, a tulpa, in the image of like a Friar Tuck style uh, monk, kind of based off of like the, the monk on uh, Robin Hood and like a friar. And so after months of deep meditation, concentration, every day visualizing what it would look like, what it would do, what it would sound like if it could talk, 
um, giving it a rich back history, where it came from, and everything about it. Um, she began to visualize her creation, and she provided it with its own character, um, where it came from, its childhood, stuff like that. She's and real finally, dope with the when this mind. Um, finally, after thinking about this thing for so long, it quote, broke its mental chains and supposedly strode forth into the real three dimensional realm that we live in and began to live a bit of a life in the real world and and take that for what it's worth. It sounds kind of crazy, but just stay with me. Um, at first she only was able to see this thing out of the corner of her eye. Like she'd be, you know, writing a letter or doing a task and she'd see him kind of like, just like do, 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 strut by the, you know, going about his business. Yeah. Just being a jovial little monk. Um, he was a little bit shadowy, kind of ethereal, but soon that began to change and he began to take more of like a, a noticeable role. She could then see it kind of dead on. It'd walk into the room and she'd see it and he'd just kind of tootling around and she's kind of like, okay, that's my imaginary friend, whatever. He's not going to do anything wrong. But then people started noticing it in the village she lived in too. Like mm. they started noticing a second person in the house or when she was out in a way, like in the mountains hiking or whatever, People started noticing there's a guy in the village that nobody knows who he is, and he keeps going into your house. Is it a boyfriend? Is it a friend? Is it a traveler? And she's like, "What are you talking about?" Like, yeah, there's a monk. He's like a bald, chubby, you know, Caucasian monk. We may have, we probably have, yeah. So he kind of became this guest who lived in her apartment, and um. Do 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 do. She would start taking tours, and he'd start going with her. But then over time of this thing living in there and she continues to give it more energy, so to speak, by thinking about it and addressing it and paying attention to it and trying to keep this thing going on, she began to feel like when he'd walk by, his robe would rub against her shoulder or her back. And she swears that once she even felt like a hand um, touch her on the shoulder when she was you know, bent over a desk yeah. or a table doing something. He was trying to get a little frisky. But what's kind of – right. What's kind of strange is – over time, this thing started to physically change its appearance, too. Um, he would start to get more kind of like sunken in cheeks, and his physical form went from being kind of a chubby, overweight friar to more of a lean, fit, um, more mischievous-looking kind he of creature. He turned into this man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And he started getting this kind of mocking uh, look on his face, kind of a side-eye every time he came into the room. And he started getting more bold and more uh, kind of aggressive towards her. So she finally realized, holy crap, I got to get rid of this thing somehow. I made an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So after spending probably half a year or so, she began taking away its power, taking away, you know, its backstory and taking away its energy. And supposedly she kind of just reduced him out of the uh, three-dimensional realm back into her head so only she could hear it and see it in her mind. And then slowly she kind of, you know, banished it away to a a cell in the back of her head. And then over over time it finally just went away and she was free of this problem. But I just picture like – It's kind of interesting. like him starting out looking like uh, – or not like not starting out but like as he's, you know, getting – more sunken in cheeks and darker and like weird looking. He just turns into like little mm-hmm. tiny, creepy, deformed baby Voldemort when he's coming back to life. Because they're bringing him back to life. He's like, <laughs> right, right. I'm picturing, I'm picturing like Sam from yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. before. And yeah. then he turned, then he turns into that 
creepy albino yeah. monk that like whips yeah. himself in the uh, Da Vinci's yeah. Code movies. And he just yeah, and it looks like, like So, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But it it kind of begs that question too. Like, did you make a thought form, or are you schizophrenic? Mm-hmm. And is the idea of it getting, you know, more and more angry and ugly, the idea of your, uh, you know, your schizophrenia getting worse or your inner battle and finally you're able to fight it away and it gets locked up in the back of your head. And like you said, your symptoms or that personality are temporarily dormant. Yep. It's kind of like that's why so. I don't really want to give the spoiler away, but like I really think it's a movie that everybody should watch and love and that's Babadook. Like that whole – Oh, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so damn good, and yeah, we don't. I mean, you don't have to spoil much. We can just say it's a very good alternative take on classic mm-hmm. horror. Yeah, in a way, dealing with you know the horrors of the mind and also physical yeah. horror, maybe. It's because that's one of the movies too. Kind of like um, uh, what's that one? The movie that got ruined for me, uh, Sixth yeah. Sense. Mm-hmm. The twist in the Babadook is very important, and by now you know there's a twist. You probably live under a rock if you didn't know there was a yeah. twist. So it's kind of cool. But um, I love that movie. Uh, a more quickly, a more common or more modern day tale of making tulpas is the Philip experiment, and we talked a little bit about that too. And this takes place in modern day in the 1970s. Do they go and I'll be the go to the Winchester and grab a pint. Kill Philip. Kill Philip. Kill Phil. In the 1970s, a group of Canadian psychologists got together and they wanted to uh, make a ghost, see if they could you know, mentally create an actual physical ghost, kind of like basically a tulpa experiment is what they were trying to do. And they had this theory that if they all concentrated their mind power at once on one thing collectively, they could make a, a ghost, a thought form, a tulpa. And so the experiment takes place in Toronto in 1972 under the direction of the world-renowned expert of poltergeist studies, Dr. A.R.G. Owen. And the members had this idea that by extreme and prolonged concentration, collectively they could create a ghost. And so they all sat down and started studying, coming up with ideas, what it looked like, what's his name, where is he from, his backstory – and they decided that he was going to be kind of like a medieval type of, uh, of person who died a tragic death. And they had the pictures of castles where he lived and all this crazy stuff. So they're all in their minds building up one concrete, you know, matching story of who it was and what it was. And then um, in September of 1972, after giving this guy months of concentration and, quote, mental power, um, they sit down and tried to contact said ghost to see if they gave this thing enough juice, so to speak, to bring it to life. And again, with a grain of salt, guys, they set up the classic spiritualist seance room. They dim the lights and they sit around a table and they begin, you know, surrounding themselves with the pictures and the the story they wrote and all the facts about him. And after a few weeks of doing this, supposedly Philip makes contact and he didn't physically manifest in his spiritual ethereal form, but he did start like rapping on tables to their responses. And at one point, you know, he picked up the table and balanced it on one leg and all this kind of crap. And basically they couldn't really explain what had happened in the conclusion. They just basically concluded, yeah, guys, we made a ghost and we didn't give it enough power to really make it a physical ghost. But with more and more effort, more and more, you know, mental power, maybe, we could actually make this thing into a more real uh, entity. So 
it's interesting. I, I haven't heard a whole lot of the Philip experiment part two. I think recently there was a more recent um, experiment they did with it, but I know like uh, if you go to like uh, Mississippi and like New Orleans and you go down to the plantations uh-huh. that, uh, um, you know, there's all these tales of like, uh, I think it's in Mississippi where this slave girl had hung herself outside of uh, the, the plantation in this tree, you know, and her name was like Sarah and blah, blah, blah. You know, she had slept with uh, the guy that owned the plantation and the wife was jealous and uh, so, you know, a lot of paranormal investigators claim, you know, they have EVPs and of uh, this female voice that says, my name is Sarah, I hung myself, all this scary shit. But then as a historian, when they go in, they cannot find any historical documentation of a slave dying there or anybody of that name. Uh. Like, historically, there's no record of this, but that tale of this girl haunting this plantation has been passed down for three, 400 years and enough people mm-hmm. have put that thought into it that after a while, a lot of paranormal investigators concluded that people have created this thought form. They've created this ghost Sarah or whatever her name is. And that that's what they're picking up on the EVP because enough people believe in that tale, that folklore that they've given a credence and that's how they're able to interact with it. Um, you know, Sean and I have gone down to Therosa's bridge once or twice. And, uh, that that's another one of those examples that historically all of that crap surrounding Therosa's bridge historically hasn't happened. There's no historical proof of that. There's no documentation of that, but I've, you know, got an EVP that says I lost child, please help. So is it the reason why I picked that up? is because enough people believed over the years of the, the idea of Theros's bridge. And so now they've created right. this thought form or, I mean, are we just missing some historical documentation and there really was a girl that lost her child there. Um, and then uh, when I brought up earlier about the, 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 my little pony thing. Yeah. Yeah. Preston, tell us a little bit. Why would you make, why would you make a uh, tulpa? What's the point of making one of these if things? If you Google search, uh, uh, it's called tulpa, tulpamancy.com. So there's like a subreddit dedicated to the creation of tulpas specifically to creating bronies. So you can have your own little My Little Pony. These, so the, the people that create these My Little Ponies, I mean, they use them for as you know their best friends. They use them for sex slaves. And there's a whole list of things that they try to use these these tulpas for. But most of them, most of them say they never get past just being able to hear it and see it. Like you know, their parents never see this this My Little Pony thing flopping around their house. Flopping, of course not. Yeah. Now I'm picturing Voldemort <laughs> shriveled up. Yeah. <laughs> Please love me. So I, I, I link it back to, uh, you know, the lady that created the monk. She had yeah. been practicing meditation and all these different, you know, Tibetan practices for years. And so mm-hmm. the fact that she was so learned in, the, in, in that, that area, I think that she was able to probably honestly manifest it like the Tibetan monks would. Whereas... Mm-hmm. Now in our society, we have such a disconnect of, of of kids, young kids, who they feel like they don't fit in because, like you know, they they got their grandpa saying, "Well, when I was a kid, we did this," and God, you're just being a little pussy, and blah blah blah, and all these little things that you know that they 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 have no connection, and so they feel like they don't have that friendship, and so this is a way for them to get that friendship back. 
and mm-hmm. you know maybe they're doing more harm than good because they're they're actually f- you know facilitating almost like a split personality they're actually subjugating part of their personality off to create mm-hmm. this 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 friendship that they're you know that they're just they're yearning for mm-hmm. so interesting but why would you make <laughs> why would you make a tulpa because this is everybody's thought guys we know ultimately most of our segments go this route anyway could I make a thought form and then fornicate with it? <laughs> yes, if you put enough thought into it, you could. I mean, is that why I'm making bronies now? So I can just have like a cartoon horse that I could boink? Just like Deadpool. <laughs> is it bestiality or masturbation? That's, that's probably a mixture of both. So well, the there's, a, there's another creep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Big old double helping yeah, creepy. Yeah. So there's this other psychologist that, that took this serious. His name's Doctor Kirby Surprise and Kirby Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is true. True deal. So he he was uh, doing this study and he was like, okay, I'm gonna seriously, I'm gonna do this. And so when he made his tulpa, he he got tired of having to pick up the office all the time. So he created like this butler tulpa, but it was in the shape of like Winston the gorilla. And so it was just this massive gorilla with like a tuxedo that would just go in and like pick up the office for him. Why would and, you not create uh, Kirby? What the fuck? Yeah. Your last name's and Kirby. You're both Kirby. wrong. Why wouldn't you make a hot, sultry victim? Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, each to his own. And so, yeah, he made this giant gorilla. And I guess, like, this client came in who was like, oh, my God, there's a goddamn giant shadow in the corner of the office. And it's tearing shit up. And he was like, oh, crap, that really worked. Uh, yeah. And then he's like, he didn't know how to control it. So. It's like the ultimate. But I, I'm, I'm with him. I am I am I am bad at housekeeping. So if I am going to dedicate years or months of my life to create this thought form, I want a goddamn butler. I want like Codsworth, like this nice little English robot that you know has got a nice thick <laughs> English accent and like does my dishes for me. I come home, <laughs> the house is off. clean. I'm like, good job, Codsworth. Good job. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's one of my favorite creepy pasta stories. Is guy makes a tulpa and he makes it look just like himself. And so he can use it to like get dressed and model clothing on and stuff like that. And then he ends up pissing the tulpa off and the tulpa actually kills him. And then now in, in the real world, supposedly this guy's tulpa is walking around pretending to be him. What a yeah. beast. Jokes on you. Oh, so the other thing, um, a, a lot of uh, people, when they, when they tell stories about Bigfoot and encounters with Bigfoot, uh-huh. They always talk about how like they see Bigfoot and all of a sudden he just like disappears. Like they don't oh. they don't know where he went, right? And so you have people uh-huh. that that will come up with this theory that uh, you know Bigfoot is an interdimensional being or like he is uh, you know got abducted by aliens or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of Native American shamans will tell you that ancient Native American shamans created these thought forms to protect the uh-huh. land. So these uh-huh. these big hairy monkey creations are nothing more than a guardian to to get you off the fucking land. Like, hey, motherfucker, don't trespass here. Yeah, that's interesting. I forget there's some movie or something about that with like mental tomfoolery, but and that, I mean that's the whole thing here. Like Bigfoot's 
everybody believes in Bigfoot. Most yeah. of us do. Loch Ness is Bigfoot monster, just a hologram. You know, are we just imagining this Bigfoot, and that's why he's just he's everywhere now? Because it used to be like you'd only have him in like a couple places, and then all of a sudden now it's like Alabama skunk ape and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. So <laughs> maybe maybe we're thinking about it, and that's that's what Steve and I were talking about too with, uh, with Slender Man, like. <laughs> If Slender Man doesn't really exist, but enough people put enough thought into it, could you then make him exist? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cockamamie thought, I know. But when you look at, like, um, oh, what's her name? The lady who made the monk. If you look what uh, David Neal did, and then you look at the idea of the Philip experiment and stuff like that. I know it's dumb to think a bunch of these, you know, 17-year-olds have a bunch of, you know, naked ponies running around their house that, quote, only they can see. <laughs> but, I mean, just think about it. Put that on the back burner and have an open mind. If you thought about it hard enough, if there's a will, there's a way. You can do anything you put your mind to. Even, I mean, stranger do you, things. Do you even brony bro? Brownie, so gross, so gross. <laughs> I can think of a hundred other great things to do besides cartoon ponies. But, hey, you know what? To each their own. Well, the the last bit of Tulpa I wanted to talk about um, was the idea of this being called Zozo. Steve, have you heard of Zozo? I have not heard of Zozo. I've heard of Zool. Okay. (laughs) Zool. There Um, is no Gina, only Zool. Zozo is a bit of a different type of Tulpa, if you will. And essentially, nobody really knows what Zozo looks like or what it really is. Um, but those who say they've come in contact with him have been truly terrified and deeply disturbed. So we all know what Ouija boards are. Mm-hmm. We're all familiar Sean with loves Ouija boards. <laughs> yeah, I told that story before how the neighbors had a Ouija board. And so there's a, I, have, I haven't got to say this on the on the because I've never been on the show. So there's there's uh-huh. something that with Ouija boards. Every time I go to a garage sale and I see a Ouija board, I'm usually with my dad and his um, partner, wife, whatever. Um, Every time I see a Ouija board, I'm like, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna give it to Sean. And like, Dad's like, No, you're not. God damn it. That's 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 Satanism. That's, that's devil worshiping. And I'm like, I'm just gonna give. It, I'm just right. gonna get for Sean. And he's like, Why would Sean want that? Sean's a good guy. Why would he want that in his house? And I'm like, Dad, that's the joke. Because he's like, Nope, ain't messing with one. Don't want one. I don't want one. Yeah, you told me that before. You're like, I was gonna buy one to leave on the <laughs> yeah. front porch. My fucking dad wouldn't let me put it in his car. Yeah, if there, yeah, if there's any <laughs> thing you should never buy at a garage sale, I think it's probably a Ouija board. Yeah, and used underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those two are yeah. my biggest bugaboos. Yeah, <laughs> but no, good, good on your dad, man, for having my best interest. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's great. But yeah, so people report when they're using a Ouija board. A lot of people, especially recently have reported encountering an entity called Zozo. And this thing contacts you and begins to talk to you. And a lot of times it's just like one-on-one. And supposedly that's always been the classic trope. You never want to use a Ouija board by yourself, just you and the spirit. You want to have somebody else in there to witness it or to help you or basically to back you up. But um, supposedly he's a very powerful demon that contacts people through the idea of a Ouija board, which begs the question, if I'm using a Ouija board and I'm thinking very hard, I want to contact Zozo, are you giving this thing the ability to manifest itself because you're giving it the power? Is is he potentially a thought form? Mm-hmm. And this thing supposedly goes back to as early as like 1906, and it's named Zozo, Z-O-Z-O, or Zoso, or Zaza, or Zo, or Pazuzu. 
And supposedly he's a big old nasty bugger who likes to just fuck around with people. He should open up a pizza and joint there's some YouTube with all videos these names. You can go on. He What's should that? open up a pizza joint with all these names. Yo, this, <laughs> the, the Zaza on special. This, Welcome to Pazozo's. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Ouija board with a pizza planchette. <laughs> Holy shit. That's copyrighted, yeah, by the way, guys. It is now. a lot of money off of this. <laughs> I'm doing that. I want to make Pazozo's and send it over to the guys at Mysterious Universe. <laughs> so there, <laughs> there's a uh, – there is here's just a quick excerpt of a supposed encounter from a guy named Darren Evans who lived in Oklahoma. He notoriously encountered Zozo himself on one occasion. He first encountered the demon when playing with a Ouija board with his girlfriend. The demon reportedly shared information with Evans from the other side, and he became obsessed with the Ouija or Ouija or Ouija. But over time, the Zozo demon became more and more sinister. Evans eventually had a nervous breakdown claiming that demons were following him everywhere he went and hiding in his room. The demon even threatened Evans' young daughter, saying he was going to steal her soul. She nearly died, and Evans realized that he needed to take action, so he ended up pursuing an exorcism to get Zozo away from his family. But it was a terrifying experience that left an impression. Evan now runs a site dedicated to warning people about the dangers of messing with Zozo. I didn't get the website, uh, Bummer. I, I should have, and I forgot. So people can look that up, or I might be... Luna, what are you barking? See, Luna, my puppy doesn't even like Zozo. Mm-hmm. That's your first warning right there. No, but, she um, just, she's yeah, so asking for this... extra pepperonis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and supposedly there's like a saga about this guy who got on YouTube, and he was like a paranormal dude. Mm-hmm. And there's video of him contacting Zozo and things just getting worse and worse and worse as this guy does his, his um, YouTube videos of him on the Ouija board. Look it up. We didn't get too deep into Zozo, guys. If you want to read about it, you can. I just wanted to kind of put that out there for people to investigate a bit on their own on, on the internet. But One, one of his videos at a, in a, his Ouija board session shows the planchette spelling out ha 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 decay. And then the guy comes back and reports that like he had like a crack in his rib and something else was like going on and mm-hmm. that the the demon was slowly decaying his body down. Um Zozo's also tied in with Led Zeppelin. If uh the famous Led Zeppelin 4 with Stairway to Heaven originally when it came out, it's the album cover with the old man carrying the sticks. If you mm-hmm. look on the back, you'll actually see the word Zozo and a bunch of symbols on there. Jimmy uh, Page, uh, during the production of that album, had like this spiritualist retreat and like wouldn't talk to people about what was going on, but somehow that Zozo demon had influenced that whole entire album. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And lots of LSD. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, Zozo well, loves his LSD and pepperonis. Makes you Zozo. Makes you zoom, zoom with Zozo. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this idea of Zozo basically is um, people have come up with this creature, this idea, uh, this thought form of Zozo. And the, the, con- the conception, the idea, the mm-hmm. thought is that maybe Zozo could be a thought form people have made, a tulpa for the other side. And whenever a demon wants to communicate or a spirit through a Ouija board, it then jumps into the, quote, vessel of Zozo. Mm. So this idea of one tulpa could be a gateway for many different uh, entities. So Zozo's a gateway drug. 
Look at him. Zozo's a gateway demon. Hey, man, you guys get any more of that, uh, that Zozo? <laughs> oh, man. Well, in case we, the point here is don't with... fuck with Ouija boards. Yeah, don't fuck with Luigi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, Steve, man, you wanted to talk about some uh, some creepy Basta. Why don't yeah, you share man. with us? Um, I don't know if it's fair to call it your favorite. Is it your favorite? Yeah, story? it's my favorite by far. It's, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, the story's five years old. Um, it came out in April 2012, and it just it blew me away. I'm gonna do my best to read this. I'm not the best mm-hmm. public reader, so but Sean's gonna work his little audio magic if I screw some stuff up. So because <laughs> right. he's got time to do that, right? <laughs> right. All right. So I'm gonna start off uh, just reading it. This is uh, it's called the Smiling Man, and it's originally written by Blue Title on the No Sleep uh, subreddit. It says about five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored. After my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, he used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a person to feel, or had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the street were polite, but all that changed a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between one and two in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a week night, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park was, as it is most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, like we all probably would, I stepped as close <laughs> as I could to the road. Is he drunk? Uh, to the road to give me the majority of a sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how graceful he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open, wide and wild, head tilted back, slightly looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide carton cartoon of a smile between the eyes and the smile i decided to cross the street before he danced any closer he's like nope (laughs) (laughs) i took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street as i reached the other side i glanced back and then stooped dead in my tracks he had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street perfectly parallel to me he was facing me but still looked uh still looking skyward smile still white on his lips I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but I kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put him half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and the sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure to the distance in the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone, except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. 
I just stood there, completely frozen, as the smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again, about a car length from me, still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what the fuck do you want? In an angry, commanding tone, what came out was a whimper. What the f- Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they certainly can hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly and started dance walking away, just like that. Not waiting to turn, not waiting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go until he's far enough away to be almost out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. I ran too. I ran into I was off the side road and back into the better into the better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in the, I lived in the city for six months after that night and never went for, out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane, and that's a very, very scary thing to see. Like, it's crazy <laughs> shit. And, like, and so, like, the whole time you're reading that, you're like, okay, this guy just might just be some creep, like, you know, on drugs, or maybe just somebody messing with him. But what would have really, really got me is, like you said, like, he just kept walking back, stopped, and then when he turned around, like, he got bigger. And, like, now that we've seen it, I think of yeah. that scene where they're watching the slideshow and it comes, like, out of the projector, like, screen. And he's like fucking huge, like <laughs> that. That's what it reminds me of now that I've read this again and thinking about that movie, like how terrifying yeah. that beam just sprinting towards you. Like that's crazy. He was I all just, messed up. Yeah, he was all messed up. <laughs> I just picture like Jim Carrey's The Mask, but like skin colored mm-hmm. face instead of green, and just smiling and tiptoeing and like you know, like this is the cartoony like leg over leg walking. Yeah. It's fucked up. And what's crazy is and these people actually like this guy swears that, th- that this happened. It's like it's not it's on no sleep, but he says this is a real yeah. a real thing that happened. And um there's actually um some people that made a short little video of it. You just type in smiling man on YouTube, you'll be able to find it. And they yeah, they look it up. I'll uh, I'll copy it onto our Facebook post too for this episode cool. as a attachment so people can watch it. But did you watch it, Preston? No. Damn it. What good are you? <laughs> Keep it up. You'll end up like Rob. Yeah. I know people. It's, it's I know third the elusive chair. fourth chair. Yeah. Yeah. I found a third chair. I can find a second. Right. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. It's not the It's not the most like, you know, they don't really capture because they don't really like doing any like special effects or nothing. So they can't really capture. They just give you an idea of like what it'd be like to be creeped out like that. You know? Like, yeah. It's just weird. They did a good job with it. I thought it was pretty pretty well done. Well, um, I tried to find something relating to the smiling man because I'm trying to find like I was trying to find like real life Reddit stories that were actually real from Creepypasta. Mm-hmm. And I just you know how we always talk about like singularity and how like just odd coincidences. For instance, I told Preston this earlier. Um, all last night from like ten o'clock to like two when I went to bed, I've got this song stuck in my head. Um by Dave Matthews from his single, his solo album called Some Devil, and the song is called Gravedigger. And the main lyric goes, 
Cyrus Jones, 1810-1913 Made his great-grandchildren believe you could live to a hundred and three A hundred and three is forever when you're just a little kid So Cyrus Jones lived forever and that song stuck in my head all night. And today I met a guy named Cyrus Jones. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he was a, yeah. And it's just, <laughs> wee, aliens. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really bizarre because that's a very um, old fashioned name. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. So in, whenever, you know, the synchronicity and all that is basically like odd coincidences. And when you're looking for something, things just kind of pop up in relation. We talked about, uh, creepy pasta, and we were putting together like the ideas for the show and the, the stuff we wanted to talk about. And I was on Instagram, just kind of going through like the main, you know, the main search feed. Mm-hmm. And a big smiley face in graffiti popped up, and so I clicked on it, and it's like the smiley face murders over a decade of murdered teenage men succumb to the death from the smiley face killer gang or something like that. Did you guys ever hear about that? urban legend of the smiley face killer. I know. So I'll make this pretty brief because it's already getting kind of later into our episode. We're over an hour and a half into recording. Um, Supposedly back in like 1997, all the way up to around like 2007, there were these two retired police officers and they came up with this theory that there was a smiley face killer or group of organized killers going around and murdering 20-something-year-old white athletic males, primarily like frat boys and college jocks. And look it up, smiley face murders. There's over like 40 men who died in these really weird circumstances. They're always found several days or weeks after disappearing. They're always in – they're always – I mean – they're either dressed or in several stages of, you know, disrobing, but they're primarily found always in bodies of water floating with alcohol in their systems. And again, we talk about synchronicity. That sounds an awful lot like what, Preston? Missing 411. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's several stories about these people who go missing. Um, in 1997, this 21-year-old kid from Fordham University named Patrick McNeil. He wandered off from a night of bar hopping in New York City and was found floating face down in the Hudson River three weeks later. And they ruled his death to be a suicide, but his parents, you know, really just didn't believe it. They refused to believe it. And what was really strange about this guy's death is when they found him, he didn't have like the quote skin slip in his feet, which typically when you're found in a body of water, your skin kind of gets bloated and starts to kind of get slippery. Mm -hmm. He didn't have that, but he was found with like ligature marks around his neck, strange blue fibers on his left arm, burns on both his hands. And also a little graphic here, his dick had larva from either screw flies or some certain type of like, you know, house fly in his dick, which means he hadn't been floating in that water very long. Preston, you're giggling like a six-year-old. <laughs> he said the word dick. <laughs> but it's strange because they basically thought that he had been 
he had been deceased for quite a while, but in somewhere dry and warm in order for uh, the uh, the state of decay that his penis was in with the larva and then dumped in water just shortly before being found. But um, a lot of these murders I looked up were also found in the missing 411, a sobering coincidence book. Um, actually, Patrick McNeil's story is in there as well. And again, supposedly over the course of 10 years, 40 or more white males around 20 were found dead floating in bodies of water. And a lot of times they were murdered or kidnapped just shortly after leaving a bar. There's always alcohol involved. They're always leaving a bar or they were kicked out of a bar. They're always by themselves when they disappear. Hmm. So very bizarre. Another one they noted primarily was Chris Jenkins in Minnesota. He was 21 years old, found dead, encased in ice, floating down the Mississippi River four months after he vanished from a Halloween party. What the heck? His death was noted as a accidental drowning, yet they said he didn't have too much to drink into where he'd fallen to a body of water, and he was found encased in ice. That's weird. Like his body was a pretty decent chunk of ice, and oddly enough, more than anything, his hands were crossed over his chest. So kind of weird, like you're going down at the toboggan ride or something. Yeah, cross your arms. Yeah, like laying bizarre, in like laying so. in like an ice coffin. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's what I thought. So it's crazy. Yeah, look that up sometime too, guys, because we've talked a lot about missing people, and I didn't want to dredge on too much about more missing people. You know, to completely shift gears, but. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange because we were just talking the other day. Uh, I think Preston and I were talking about the newest um, hotel – or not hotel, uh, American Horror Story. And the call mm-hmm. sign of this cult is a smiley face. And then I thought that was kind of interesting. So, yeah, check it out. Smiley face murder. So, Well, I, I promised sweet. a lot. I promised a lot of things in this episode, and one of those, if you were keeping notes, was murder pasta. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Oh, yeah. Sounds good right now, actually. Well, not this pasta, Stephen. Thanks for the segue. Basically, <laughs> there's a pasta <laughs> called the Priest Killer or Strazapretti. This was the pasta friends that was created in the 1800s to kill dirty, gluttonous priests. <laughs> Um, When Italy was first united in the 1800s, the Papal State disintegrated into several different regions, known as Tuscany, Umbria, Latinum, Emilia, Romagna, and Marche. And centuries ago, the almighty Catholic Church held not just the spiritual control over the souls of the farmers, the peasants, and the artisans living there, but also they reveled in material power as well. See, back in these days, everything belonged to the priests and the bishops of the Catholic Church. The churches, the lands, the hamlets, the roads, the rivers, the hills, the forests, the mountains, on and on and on. Artisan shops and taverns. Nonstop, they kept raising prices of the goods, raising the taxes of the goods. Sorry, they raised the taxes on all the goods and services and forced believers to pay for the remission of their sins and to buy a spot in paradise for their beloved ones by providing for the gluttonous priests. The church possessed everything, while its subjects had nothing. No wonder why people began to hate the clergy. 
These holy men were known as the ravenous lords, and basically they could go to your door around dinner time, see the smoke coming out your chimney, give you a quick knock and say, hey, it's me, priest so-and-so, is dinner ready yet? They could just walk right in, grab a seat, and eat as much as they wanted to of your beloved dinner, Wow! and you couldn't say a damn thing about it. Priest privilege. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, each evening, each evening, villagers dreaded the moment when the priests would travel to Rome, knock on their door for a lavish meal, and then sleep it off in their armchair or even their own bed. They could just eat whatever they wanted and go take a nap in your bed, and you're just kind of like, well, ain't this the shits. All the locals could do was silently curse these priests. So housewives began cooking in inns and taverns in their own homes, and they turned their pots and rolling pins into what they called tools to undeem the evil, believing that pasta they made could trigger some sort of exorcism and wipe out the clergy. Damn. So, so people in uh, in dining rooms and houses could hear them start saying "Magania atet, Magania atet," or probably pronounced more pretty by someone who speaks the tongue, <laughs> which translates into thou be damned. So as they're making dinner, pasta primarily, they would just be chanting thou be damned as they're rolling out the dough, cutting the dough and everything else. It was like a spell or a voodoo said through clenched teeth. The pasta-making housewife dubbed the La Slavlagia, or as a door or something else I just butchered, rubbed her hands over the pasta by creating it into a twisted shape similar to a hangman's knot or a spiral. And this was a symbolism of the act of strangling the fat throat of somebody. So making this pasta, they kind of did little, you know, movements like they were strangling people as they were twisting these into little knots and little spirals. And then the priests who never could quite get full and their gluttony getting the best of them would eat too much and, you know, they'd be slurping down this pasta and they would end up choking because they ate the pasta too fast. And because they didn't Ooh. chew it, the pasta would get lodged in their throats. Many of them would die with forks still in hand, face down in their precious plate of pasta. It's like some old school mafia shit. <laughs> no shit, right? <laughs> and thus doing these face plants into their straws of peretti, they'd send droplets of tomato sauce sailing through the dining room, landing on the faces of the very women. <laughs> My face in a bowl of pasta right now sounds amazing. I just imagine the opening scene of Seven right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Much. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pasta would splash on the very face of the guest who had deliberately killed the priest with their quote murder pasta wow yep so basically they said by saying the curse over the pasta and basically choking your pasta strangling your pasta with your bare hands the clergyman succumbed to the curse by eating too fast thus the curse of murder (laughs) pasta is a real thing how cool would it be to have like a pasta shop where you made your own pasta like all these dishes and like you just named it like creepy pasta and like you just had like a whole restaurant just dedicated to creepy pasta shit. To creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Like, and here we go, like a, folks. Yeah. It came full circle. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be so awesome. <laughs> oh man. Well, man, I guy, I think we, I think we nailed it. I think we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else got anything else to talk about? I, I don't. I think we're sure. good. <laughs> Another classic episode with a guest that goes about twice as long as I normally do. 
That's what she said. Zing. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think we've done enough damage and we've driven this cart as far as we can for this episode. Uh, this is the part, Steve, where we normally plug stuff you've been watching. You got anything you want to plug for people to go watch on Netflix or movies or anything? Um, other than, you know, Orville, I said, give that shit a shot. Yeah. Uh, Ash versus Evil Dead season one and season two just hit Netflix today, which is awesome. Nice. So I'm going to be. Able- I just bought that. <laughs> so I'm going to nice. be watching that here pretty soon. Um, cool. And Star Wars on Thursday. Woo! Woo! Excited. So yeah, my- we, uh, we wanted to record with you and then you're like, oh, I can't do a Thursday. Star yeah. Wars night. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited for um, that. Hey, that's good, man. I, I hope you really enjoy that. We'll probably catch it this weekend sometime. So um, what about Mind Hunters? Yeah. I mean, that, I, shit, I watched- that shit was your jam. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I loved it. Yep. It's pretty good. I, I spent a lot of time researching those main three serial killers they really delve into. Yeah. Um, their backstories. And yeah, it's pretty messed up shit. Yeah, it's pretty. If you ever think crazy. at two o'clock in the morning, I think I'll Google serial killers. Don't do it. Maybe. Yeah. The way they <laughs> did Edmund always- Kemper and that real life guy to the the real life serial killer to the Hollywood version of him, dude. Like they that that actor killed it. Like oh, dude, yeah, it's all crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty damn crazy. Yep. No, they yeah. they all did a really good job with that show. So I'm excited to see where it goes. From there, you know, and um, there's a new one I'm watching now called Dark. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I've only watched the first episode and a half, but it's it's kind of chalking up to be it's it's a Russian show, mm-hmm. and it's it's dubbed into English, so that's pretty nice. Um, it's kind of shaping up in the first one and a half episodes to be a bit of like a, a more adult Stranger Things in a way. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I, and I hate to say that because I think it's a show that would be great even if we didn't have Stranger Things. So don't let that ride the coattails. It's pretty good though, right, Preston? Oh yes. Yeah, How far into it. it are you? Um, I'm I'm the same. I just okay. so before we started, I finished episode one, and then I'm twelve minutes into episode two. Okay, so. cool. Pretty good though. I uh, I it is it's one of those I tried to watch at like two in the morning on a weekend, and I actually had to rewatch it the next afternoon. It's good, Steve. Definitely check it out, dude. Yeah, I definitely want to. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. It is. It's English dubbed, and there is very limited subtitles. If if they have something on screen to read, and it's in um, Russian, then mm-hmm. I said German earlier. I think it's a Russian show. Um, then you have to read the subtitle for that, but it's, it's pretty great. Cool. Great, uh, great job dubbing. There's a dude that looks kind of like Mads Mikkelsen. So that'd be pretty great. Yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. But yeah, we, uh, we haven't really watched a whole lot of anything. Uh, Walking Dead finally ended for a couple weeks. So I was by that. Obviously when I'm talking about spoilers, but I don't watch the show. Uh, but I guess, yeah. uh, the up, update from Rob. Like, uh, <laughs> he came home from work and uh, his mom, his, his mom was like, yeah, I can't believe they did this. And he's like, she's, he's like, what? why would you tell me that? Well, you don't watch it anyway. He's like, if, if I ever went back to it, that's a pretty damn key part. Why would you spoil that for me? Well, okay. Listen, for one thing, I love Rob's mom. She's my, she's our Kentucky mama. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the time he sits down to watch that show, he will have heard that spoiler about 30 times a day. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. I just yeah, think it's funny, know. like, the night it releases and he comes home from work. She's like, yeah, I can't believe they did that. He's like, 
okay, first off, I'm at work. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what am I gonna, what am I gonna yeah. be doing? Like, he's just like, and he I was, just, and he was already in a sour mood all damn day too. He's like, I just, I just can't believe. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh well, I I give her a pass on that. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, I've heard that a shape of water, the shape of water is pretty great. I want to check that? It's a it's a mermaid tale uh, in theaters right now. Every time just, I see that movie, I think of Hellboy. Uh, yeah, Hellboy. Like mm-hmm. that's just like, oh, this is his backstory. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, should be cool. Sapien. But yeah, I, like dude, it, yeah, I'm so so freaking excited for. Uh, yep. For for that movie, it looks really good. Yeah, it looks great. And then um, the I've never seen the room. I've heard mm-hmm. it's one of the worst movies in the history of cinema. It is, but but pretty, pretty Disaster bad. Artist is shaping up to be one of the best movies of 2017, which is yeah, pretty I, crazy. Franco is already up for several awards already. Yeah. It's just so. it's so it's so weird how and to me like a lot of people you know. People like I was just thinking about this. This is a, a shower thought, as I call it. Taking a shower, and I was like, you know what? Like everybody judges, um, you know, Franco, the whole team, Franco, Seth Rogen, Jonah yeah. Hill, like that. Like they're just these stoners that just sit around and they make dumb movies. Like like Franco and his brother, baby Franco, and uh, Seth Rogen, and like they sit around and they're like, you know what? Like because they probably all like that movie. They they know it's horrible. They yeah. they probably have met Tommy, the guy, the the main dude, in yeah. real life, and they're probably all sitting around getting stoned. And they're like, "Man, we should we should we should make a mm-hmm. like a documentary type of the making of that movie. Like that'd be that'd be brilliant." Yeah, like yeah, let's do it. And then like then they start kicking around the idea. Like it's just funny how that movie's created, and like I cannot wait to see it. And the way they yeah. did the marketing too is like no one really knew when it was coming out. Like they knew it was coming out, and then they only hit yeah. like certain. Th- they wanted to keep it like it was when that movie was released, like certain only certain theaters would carry it. Cause they were like, why are we going to carry this shit? And mm-hmm. then eventually it's going to be, you know, full, full state statewide, you know, countrywide movie in theaters. But yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to see it. I really want to see it bad. Yeah. It's supposed to be the room is supposed to be the best worst two hours of your life. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it. It's, it's, it's weird, but it's yeah. funny. Oh man, yeah, I want to see it. Hopefully, I'll get to watch it. Staring me up by Lisa. <laughs> well, um, Black Mirror guys, season four oh, is coming out on the twenty second. Can't wait on Netflix, and they just announced that the first part of March we'll get Jessica Jones season two. So, Sweet. yeah, keep that on your radar. So, awesome. Other than that, I think that's good. Steve, what do you want to plug, man? Plug some. Uh, some plug my podcast. Stuff. If we ever do another episode, uh, oh, indeed, Ooh. it's O H H H H space indeed. Uh, find us on iTunes, basically any podcast directory. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be doing a, a show here pretty soon. We've played a lot of stuff, and it's Game of the Year type of talks. Yeah. So uh, check that out. People lined up again and, you know, yeah, days off sure. lined up. You'll get it. Sure. Check out our Facebook group, uh, just Oh Indeed, and then join that. And shout out to Annie Boykin because, boom, I beat you to this mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Preston, what do you want to, what do you want to plug, man? Um, well, I usually plug Big Steve, so I don't really have to plug anything. Plug that mustache. He's already on here. You just plug himself. So. Over here. Yeah, Preston yeah. <laughs> is fixing to buy a bunch of 1920s railroads and start bonds, railroad bonds. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, check out Pixelated Radio. 
check out Pixelated Sausage. That's Rob's <laughs> whoopsies. That's uh, Mark's solo show, and we wouldn't be here without Mark and the amazing amount of work he puts in for us to get the show up and uh, post it for everybody. So cheers to you, sir. Check out Sports Car Unleashed, my favorite sports car about NASCAR that I've never listened to, but I bet you a nickel if I cared about NASCAR, I'd probably listen to that one first. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think otherwise, guys, as always, please, if you have a beard, you want to grow a beard, you know somebody who has one, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com. Fantastic beard balm and oil and brushes and all sorts of stuff. A great soap to clean your beard. And if you use the promo code PXLPARA, you can get 10% off your entire order. Yeah, it's Christmas time. Yeah. Everybody everybody has a beard. You know, your woman might have a beard, maybe. Yeah. We don't discriminate. Your man might have a beard. Your baby might have a beard. Get in that shit. Get in that shit. Yeah. Your, check you know, it your, out. Your little, my little brony might have a beard. Might need to oil it yeah. up. You may have a tulpa that has a beard. And you might think, God, gee, girl, I wish my beard smelled as good as Sean and Preston. Steve, Steve you used it too. You had the other orange. Yeah, I actually got it in, I got it in right now. Boom shakalaka. I went on. You might wish that your beard smells yeah. as good as ours. So. Mm-hmm. Although I have, the, I have the orange one and I do like mm-hmm. that one. But when I was at Rob's, I was like, it was sitting there. And I'm like, eh. Try a little bit of the one he has. And he had like he that, forest, in the classic, eh? that forest one yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's, I think uh, it was. He, he has classic, I think. Classic. It was yeah. okay. No, forest is the one that uh, my sister's fiance, he has this like beard, beard balm that was like forest. He sent that shit was pretty good too. But yeah. yeah, Rob has the classic and I did that in it. And I, mm-hmm. I like, I, you're right. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot better than the orange, than the orange. So I need to get orange myself smells some. good, but the classic is where it's at. He's it makes a, me hungry uh, though. Like I fucking love citrus and I love oranges. <laughs> so I put that in there. I'm like, man, I wish I had something orange juice or just some <laughs> right. little cuties to eat. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, he's got a, uh, vanilla and tobacco. And then he also has one called Bay rum. And those are the two I think I'm going to try to. You're going to put tobacco on. I might. Don't judge me. He's gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tobacco and vanilla, I believe. This oh, to oh together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was just a straight. I want to smell like a goddamn Marlboro man. I want to have somebody <laughs> blow a lucky strike on me. Yeah, he's like, I want to smell like a box of ligats. <laughs> <laughs> box of ligats. <laughs> oh my gosh! I want to smell like a bingo hall. <laughs> Sean walks by, and you're like. Smelling good, Virginia Slims. Smelling good. <laughs> Don't forget, Dobbs is is inquiring about new smells. What smell yeah. do you want for beard balm? I like the uh, mm. buttered popcorn flavored, please. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knows, man? Stranger things have happened. So. Yeah. yeah, but guys, check him out. He makes amazing beard products, and we definitely love him all around our podcast. So, All right, with that, Steve, man, thanks for jumping on with us. Sure. Yeah, fun. buddy. Yeah, it was a, a very interesting time. conversation that took a lot of different turns, but I think we uh, we all stayed in the cart. So, <laughs> hell yeah! All right, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you all next time around. Sweet. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. 
If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. So Cyrus Jones lived forever Grave digger When you dig my grave Could you make it shallow So that I can feel the rain Grave digger Muriel Stonewall 1903 to 1954 Lost both of her babies In the second great war Now you should never have to watch As your only children lowered in the ground You should never have to bury Your own baby Grave digger When you dig my grave Could you make it shallow So that I can Trapeze or 1940 to 1990 